thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. This episode of Wellness Women Radio is very proudly brought to you by Dinner Twist. Dr. Ashley and I want to let you in on a little secret of how we maintain our healthy whole foods lifestyle with very little time. And one of those ways is actually with Dinner Twist. So they plan, they shop, they deliver everything to our door to take all of the guesswork out of having really healthy meals for dinner each night. Um, I love Dinner Twist because they are a locally family-owned business here in Perth in Western Australia, and all of their produce is locally sourced and seasonal. So they are really invested in all of their suppliers as well, which is absolutely amazing. Everything is so fresh. Uh, Ashley and I both get the Wholesome Box, which is naturally gluten and dairy-free as well, and is very consistent with a paleo-type lifestyle as well. Uh, so it's, you know, completely consistent with, you know, the way that we want to eat and want to feed our loved ones too. This is also how I trick Dean into thinking that I can actually cook. So seriously, if I can do it, everybody can trust me. And their recipes are so delicious. They also have other options apart from the wholesome box. So they have a family box for bigger size families an express box. If you're really short on time, uh, as well as a vegan box too. Now, we would love to give you the opportunity for you to actually try Dinner Twist and realize how healthy, how delicious and how fresh it is, but also how much easier this is going to make life as well. So we have a special promo code for you, and that is going to give you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Women Radio. Um, So we would love you to uh, try for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but let me know what you think. Without further ado, ladies, onto the show. Hey there, lovely wellness women. Thank you for joining us tonight. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And you can find us on social media. So we are the Wellness Women Official on Instagram and we are the Wellness Women on Facebook. You can find me on Insta at drandrea.xo and the Period Whisper on Facebook. And Ashley is Dr. Ashley Bond. And hey, thanks for joining us again. Um, there's definitely a light at the end of the tunnel at the moment in terms of what's happening in the world, don't you think, Ash? Like, Lots of our social distancing restrictions are changing and being eased here. We're allowed to kind of, you know, see people a little bit more. Oh, so true. Uh, I feel for everyone who's uh, not in that situation, but yeah, Mm -hmm. Western Australia, we've been fortunate. We had our first little play date today and that was pretty exciting after six weeks of uh, no friends and no catch-ups and uh, Ollie was more than happy to uh, find himself in a frozen two dress up costume and dance around the room with his little girlfriend just to to do something that she you know she wanted to do. I think he was more desperate Aww. for the friendship than he cared what he was wearing or how he was doing it. So um oh, that's yeah, so I think, cute. You know, big people and little people have certainly, you know, hit a threshold where we're, we're craving connection again. You know, we're craving that human contact and that friendship and that sense of fun and, you know, just things that you 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 would love to do with friends. So um I hope you girls and uh obviously a few gentlemen out there listening to this yeah, are starting to find some ways to see the the silver lining in the the situation and Mm -hmm. for me um i have really loved this last week i found that we've had a lot of conversations in practice of just people starting to sort of say things like i've noticed that you know my relationship my marriage has been a bit stronger we've had a chance to talk we spent more time together as a family um 
the kids aren't, you know, as feral because they're getting quality time with both parents. Uh, you know, just lots and lots of little sort of, I guess, bonuses that we didn't expect or didn't anticipate. And now they're starting to show up because we're sort of like over a month in. Um, yeah. Or even just the gratitude. Parents realising the kids are just grateful to be able to go back to school. Like, you know, they whinge and complain and don't want to get out for school and put their uniforms on. But, you know, if school goes back this week, <laughs> they're frothing to get out the door. Like, they're ready, yeah. ready to go, backpacks on. Like, you know, parents yeah. are mentioning they're not having to fight with their kids to get out the door. So, obviously, oh, their parents are just, like, wanting to push them out the door. I've heard that a few times that as well. That too, <laughs> you know, whatever works right. And I think that's a really um, a really nice thing to see energetically. We realise we can't stay in this terrible, you know, place of fear and, and um, lockdown, but sensibly we can return to some of those things that uh, allow us to feel more normal again, which is great. Yeah, on um, little confession, on Friday night, because we had a long weekend over here, um, Dean and I made cocktails and um, watched 90s music videos and seriously had the best time we've had in such a long time and chatted until like 2.30 in the morning um, and it was just like such beautiful quality time that we haven't really had with each other for such a long time because we're both you know obviously so busy and it was amazing and our like relationship feels so different again now just from having that time to just really relax and connect with each other it was awesome um i highly recommend it that sounds so much fun it was that one of your signature uh, cocktails was it Oh yeah, it was a gin south side. Yeah, absolutely. Good, good. Yeah, ladies, that is my that is my drink. I will post the recipe online for you. You will never go back after you've had it. Um, and it. you know, it was so fun just watching you know like nineties R and B music videos. It was just hilarious. But anyway, um, well, you know, hey, look, we're talking about quality time relationships, and so this episode today is all about you know boosting fertility and um, having uh, a quality fertile window which you know for the moment if you're spending more quality time together that certainly enhances your chance of uh, conception that's for sure yeah definitely and I feel like I spent a disproportionate amount of time telling women what they're supposed to be eating while they're trying to conceive or getting those questions like what should I be eating now or should I be eating anything differently or should I be eating like I should be if I was pregnant Um, and the answer to all of those questions is um, yes and no if you are consuming like you know for example, a standard Western diet or a standard American or Australian diet with like, you know, lots of sugar, lots of highly processed things, lots of trans fats, then yes, you absolutely need to change your diet. Whereas if you're consuming, you know, like a whole foods primal paleo-esque type diet, then that's probably really conducive for conception anyway. And you're probably giving your body a lot of the foundations for really good hormonal balance, for excellent egg quality, um, you know, for all of the good building blocks um, that your hormones need in the first place and also some of those really good preconception um, nutrients too Um, but I always say to women when you're eating for fertility you need to be acting as if and I know that we've covered a lot of this stuff already on um, some of our preconception episodes but this one's specifically about what foods should you be focusing on while you're trying to conceive okay so Ash, go for it. Where where do they start? (laughs) Well, I think, you know, the way you said it was just pretty jolly obvious, isn't it? But I always just go straight back to what comes off plants, you know, off the tree, out of the ground, whatever it be. But fruits and veggies are where I start, you know, from from a 
I guess a general conversation, I would say a majority of women are underserving their veggies, you mm-hmm. know, on a daily basis. And without realizing if you're not, you know, filling your body with things like whole foods, vegetables, you're probably going to be filling it up with carbs and processed foods. You know, majority of people mm-hmm. will head to the carbohydrate, you know, instead of the, the protein. Um, it's just a, yeah, it's just human nature, isn't it? We tend to go for the easy food um, as opposed to going cooking, you know, a lean piece mm-hmm. of chicken. You'll just grab two pieces of bread and stick a bit of cheese between it. Like it's just, it's just, yeah. a, you know, we're in kind of a busy time in life. Um, maybe not right now, but in general speaking, most people uh, are happier to just quickly do what they can do on the run as opposed to plan and prepare and, you know, meal prep for uh, a quality like lunch or dinner throughout mm-hmm. the week. So for me, I just sort of say to people, look, really simply, just start with your vegetables. Add in um, as opposed yes. to taking away because a lot of people think that, oh, my gosh, you know, if I go on this diet, and oh, I can't have this and I can't have that and all those I can't have, I can't have, just create this like negative mindset around why they're doing something. I'm, I mm-hmm. much prefer to say to someone, look, have a bit of chocolate, couldn't care less about that right now, just add in two big handfuls of vegetables at every meal. And they're like, what? Two handfuls of vegetables. I'm like, hell, it's not that hard. You know, grab your your blender in the mornings, blitz through two big handfuls of green spinach and whatever other, you know, veggies are there, maybe some cucumber and a juice. I I don't mind how you do it, but you can do it if you actually think about it. It's not that hard. And they still get the chocolate. You've negotiated with them, right? Exactly (laughs) right. And so how much easier does that sound as opposed to no chocolate, no this, no that you know no drink no soft drinks no wine no you know i'm just like oh rather than saying no let's just say yes you know just let's let's see what we can add in that's really going to nourish the body and um and nurture the the fuel reserves for improved and enhanced fertility um so yeah i go fruits and veggies with every meal Awesome. And so, Ash, what you're also encouraging there is obviously lots of fiber. Mm. And the way I always think about um, fertility or just even um, eating for good hormonal production and balance is, okay, what are the building blocks for those hormones? And if you want to get really um, nerdy, the very the way that hormones are actually made, it starts off with something called acetate. And acetate is a short-chain fatty acid that's produced by the microbiota in the gut. This is also why there's that we have that gut hormone connection as well. Um, so the short chain fatty acids, they're, um, they're made in the gut. They're synthesized from fiber. So the fiber in our body. And then that acetate then is converted into cholesterol. And remember, this is the good cholesterol. This is the good stuff. And that is the building block of every single one of our hormones. So we've got the fiber that makes the acetate. We've got the cholesterol, which is our good fats that then gets converted down into our first pre-hormone, which is pregnenolone, which then becomes all of the building blocks of then the other hormones. And the next one that's made after that is progesterone. And progesterone is the hormone that stabilizes and helps to essentially nourish that developing embryo until the placenta takes over. So you can see that um, we absolutely need fiber. So exactly as you were talking about, Ash, plenty of fresh fruit and veggies, um, which is also going to give you lots of good nutrients and minerals and vitamins and antioxidants and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. We'll get into some of those specifics later. Um, But I always say we need protein, fat and fiber with every single meal because those are the foundations for every single hormone that your body makes. Um, So awesome. Um, I know she didn't say sugars and uh, carbohydrates right there too. So funny about that, isn't it? (laughs) Well, people get, 
I, I think tend to get really confused when we say you need carbohydrates with every single meal yeah. and they think that, okay, well, if I've got my two bread, rice, bread for example, yeah. yeah, yes, technically that is a carbohydrate, but we're talking good choice carbs. Yes. We're talking like your fruits, your veggies, your salads, um, your starchy things like your um, sweet potato, pumpkin, tubers, um, artichokes, like, you know, all of those sorts of things that can be those really good starchy veggies that actually help promote ovulation um, which I just think is awesome it also helps to nourish your adrenals it helps to balance your blood sugar levels um, so all of these things are going to be health promoting um, and also hormone promoting uh, like nutrients and substances in each of those things so when you're building each of your meals on your plate make sure it's got those three things so protein fats and fiber um, and you know obviously fiber is your good choice carbohydrates yeah and i think Liz, it's important to remember that um, with those you know there's good choice carbohydrates and poor choice carbohydrates and the way your body digests what you know we'd like to call bad carbs you know things like the case the cookies the bread mm -hmm. the, the white rice um it quickly converts them and obviously then affects blood sugar and this is where some of the studies have shown that um women who have polycystic ovarian syndrome obviously have insulin handling issues and they found that a diet that is low in gluten and glutinous grains um, or absent so gluten-free completely actually helps to lower some of the inflammatory responses and that just means that yeah your body uh, has a better job and if your body's not in an inflammatory stage then it will respond more positively for conception um, so you know the immune yep. system function when you're trying to conceive is a really important um, player in whether or not someone can be fertile or uh, to conceive and maintain that, that pregnancy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's so, so important, especially like, you know, each of those inflammatory pathways when we're looking at hormonal production and balance, um, we want to keep that inflammation as low as possible, which is essential obviously for our gut health as well and um, just our overall like general function. We know that inflammation is like the fire that fuels so much ill health for like it's the starting point for just like everything. Yeah, well, they've even uh, shown some studies that indicate that um, high levels of C-reactive proteins, the CRP, which is done in you know, standard blood tests, um, is implicated in things like uh, inhibition of ovulation. So yeah, exactly. it's pretty important that we do have this this dietary intake that is low inflammatory. So this is where, you know, you talk about those Paleolithic sort of style eating protocols. Um, I'm still always a little cautious about the high meat volumes and some of them that are advocated. I think, you know, we do know there's mm. inflammatory processes that occur with high intakes of red meat particularly, but um, for the most part, because of the healthful fats and because of the high levels of, you know, dietary fiber from the vegetables in particular, um, women can completely change their fertility profile just based on a dietary shift, which is extraordinary and pretty awesome too. And essentially what you've referred to there is something called the pro-fertility diet. So in the night, I'm pretty sure it was in the nineties, there was a Harvard um, doctor researcher who came up with essentially the pro-fertility diet. We're all on um, the same page. It's right in front of me. You're, I yeah, love that. <laughs> so what they did is they followed 18,000 women over eight years, which is really significant. They essentially tracked 
um, who got pregnant and who didn't and what they ate along the way and what kind of supplementation they were eating and also what they drank too. Um, And essentially what they found was there was, and this is certainly not causation. This is also something that's always a problem when we're looking at scientific research, when we're looking at, say, epidemiological studies and um, trying to access what people are eating because for the most part this is um, using memory recall to, um, you know, ascertain this information, which is not always very accurate. But I think we can generalise here and I think just using common sense we can really pull out what was beneficial and what was not. And essentially what they found is that diets that were rich in healthy fats whole grains, plant-based proteins, um, as well as, uh, you know, lots of eggs and those sorts of things. Um, so kind of or like I like to think of it as almost like a Mediterranean-style diet, really. Um, so plenty of veggies, some whole grains, lots and lots of good fats. They're, they're still eating eggs and other sorts of things, and they're low in saturated fats, your refined carbohydrates, your sugary drinks, um, obviously not alcohol and those sorts of things. And they found that um, women consuming that type of diet had much higher life pregnancy rates than, you know, obviously the standard American or Australian diet um, or something along those lines. And I think that that's really important because it does, again, give you the foundations and the building blocks for good hormonal balance. Um, And it's also rich in a lot of the nutrients that we know help to be conducive for, um, you know, obviously growing healthy babies like folate, for example. Um, You know, folate, uh, that a lot of women are told to take folic acid when they're pregnant to help to um, stop, you know, neural tube defects. And folic acid is the synthesized version of, of folate. And that word actually comes from foliage, foliage. <laughs> I always struggle with my words at this time of night, but anyway. Um, so think things like your leafy greens, your spinach, um, your citruses, um, kale, asparagus, Brussels sprouts, all of that sort of stuff. So for example, that's one of the things that that diet is rich in. Yeah, perfect. And I think as well the advocating for a reduction in serving of meat, you know, I thought that was interesting that they actually – supplemented one serve of meat each day for an increase in plant-based protein um Mm. and that was a really you know really interesting one because a lot of people think that you know paleolithic diet is obviously quite high in animal protein um but they've sort of advocated more for a plant-based diet with you know a good healthy inclusion of animal protein uh, where appropriate so the whole idea too that it's a diet that was designed to be slow carb not no carb you know yes we had exactly. such a, a big sort of um fad about the ketogenic diet and all the rest and some people swear by it and tell us that, you know it's a uh, fertility booster but generally speaking you know large-scale studies have indicated that it's actually not a fertility booster in females it may be so in, in males uh, just due to yeah. different hormonal balances but in females it's you know the slow carbs are the essential part of keeping the body running really well which um, yeah, we've talked about where you get those from. So just remember when we when we talk about dietary um, choices, it's so interesting that there never seems to be one perfect diet. You know, we, we'll, we'll mm-hmm. sort of pick and choose a diet in accordance with what um, is needed for a person at a different point in their life, like in the sense that ketogenic diets may be great for someone, you know, with certain conditions. Paleolithic may be great for someone with certain conditions mm-hmm. or a certain place in their life, but specifically for t- fertility, uh, it's actually you know not eliminating too much. It's actually adding in the good stuff. 
I absolutely do not advocate for ketogenic diets when women are trying to conceive. Mm. Um, that is like I have a fairly hard and fast rule about that because we need those, like particularly if someone is like a relatively healthy weight, we need those fats to help to fuel that hormonal balance. And also being ketosis increases, um, you know, like obviously cortisol production and shuts down your thyroid. So um, we need, you know, really healthy functioning thyroid to be able to conceive as well. That's super important for conception. That's why, you know, obviously when we're doing pre-fertility bloods or preconception bloods, we're always looking at thyroid function and obviously adrenal hormones at the same time. Um, so I don't like women who, not that I don't like women, I don't like it when women um, go keto, they avoid carbohydrates altogether or they go super low carb. Um, I think it can be too stressful for their system and they also need, I wholeheartedly believe you need carbohydrates, you need starches to actually assist with ovulation in the first place. Um, so that is actually one of the really good drivers for that good hormonal balance. I also don't advocate for intermittent fasting when we're trying to conceive as well. Um, again, it's just, uh, we want to keep those blood sugar levels really nice and balanced. We want to make sure that we're not inducing a ketogenic state while we're trying to conceive or while we're pregnant. And I also don't advocate for a vegan diet while you're trying to conceive either. Um, I'm very happy for someone to be getting lots of plant-based proteins and balancing that really well. Um, but I just have some concerns around the complete absence of animal proteins um, and um, only plant-based proteins where you're trying to conceive if you're not doing it well. It's great you mentioned that too because I know you, know, you might be sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, but my friend's vegan and she's had three kids or something like that. Um, I guess today's show is not geared towards people who are you know, super fertile and had no issues conceiving. It's geared towards women who have had some challenges or are having challenges and therefore going towards the, I guess, the dietary choices that evidence supports to be best for most women um, mm -hmm. there will always be outliers there will always be a woman who conceives on you know a vegan diet lifestyle there will always be a woman who's on you know a ketogenic lifestyle that conceives and has children and says no problem for me um mm -hmm. but you know for any woman who's having challenges then you've got to have a little bit i guess more skepticism to say well hey if it's not working for me then let's find out the dietary choices that are going to work best for the majority of women and start there Yes, exactly. Um, and we might do like a whole episode around um, maybe plant-based eating and fertility and pregnancy because mm. I think that that is, is an episode all unto itself because there is certain nutrients that are absolutely required for, you know, obviously healthy hormonal production, good ovulation, but then the maintenance of pregnancy um, and obviously the nutrients that bub needs along the way. Uh, so it's just different when you're not consuming any animal proteins whatsoever. And obviously I'm like completely supportive of anybody's lifestyle if they're doing it consciously. Um, so anyway. Which fits into your protoc protocol, hey, is act as if, you know, building yes. blocks for baby. It's all about the building blocks for baby. And I think that's a really, yes. really great way to see it is that idea that if you act as if you are pregnant, then you'll fuel your body hopefully with choices that you think, well, if I was growing a baby, what sort of building blocks would I want to grow my baby with? You know, is it going to be a, a kilo of Cadbury's or is it going <laughs> to be, you know, a whole plant-based diet that's going to give uh, that child every little bit of uh, nutrient and fuel it needs to grow a healthy brain? I mean, we're big on the brain mm -hmm. and nervous system so for me I, I talk health because i think how do you build you know great brains and nervous systems in you know neonates and, and developing 
Blah, 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 blah. Let's just start like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's just this time of night, I swear. Uh, I was developing embryos is what I was saying. You know, to, to get that neural tube, you know, um, development, it requires, uh, I guess, a very critical um, phase of good fats, essential fatty acids. Like there's just so yeah. many elements to that and so many nutrients that are critical for that correct, correct development. So, um, yes, and you, you know, said omega-3 fatty acids. So that's mm. – um, and the easiest sources of those is from, um, you know, your um, cold fish. So these are like sardines, um, salmon, mackerel, uh, what else, um, tuna, all your other, you know. All those other cold fish, you know what I mean. Um, yes. As well as things like avocados, olive oil. Uh, we get B12, which is essential for, um, you know, obviously all of our, our system development, but also bub development too. And the most bioavailable sources of that is from organ meats, as well as things from like beef, sardines, trout, salmon, clams. So most of the like the highest bioavailability and easiest to use sources of B12 do come from animal products. Is that uh, interesting? And so same with iron, right? Iron rich foods, you just mentioned organ meats, that's, um, you know, a potent source of bioavailable iron so mm-hmm. you know for women obviously the iron uptake and needs through pregnancy or you know preconception is essential you've got to have good iron balance uh, to conceive and maintain a pregnancy yeah definitely um and this is why a lot of traditional societies will also um give the women who are trying to conceive or the pregnant women mm-hmm. the most nutrients they will be giving them the whole fat dairy the um the blood from you know maybe the animals that they're killing and the the best cuts of the organ meats and those sorts of things because they know um either whether or not it's traditional they already have that knowledge of the fact that they need the most amount of nutrients that come from those sources as well. Um, And usually I'm not a massive fan of dairy products uh, because, you know, 80% of the population is lactose intolerant. Um, But there are studies that actually show that women who consume whole fat dairy um, do have much higher pregnancy rates as well. Uh, And again, this is correlation not causation um there was a harvard study that um found that their sample of women so the ones who ate whole fat dairy as opposed to skim or no fat had an 85 percent higher fertility um you know essentially rates than the other ones which is significant um but remember it's correlation not causation but i think the thing that you're looking at there is you're getting really good quality fats you're getting lots of growth hormones from that as well as um, like insulin-like growth factor and all sorts of other things from those whole fat dairy products. I assume it's not a big tub of Sara Lee ice cream. <laughs> uh, no, I mean like whole milk yogurt, um, yeah. whole just whole milks um, rather than uh, the no-fat, low-fat, skim, skinny, all of that sort of thing. Um, so I think that that's really interesting. And we've seen that in traditional societies as well, like particularly um, the the whole milk dairy products is what um, the women of uh, fertile age and, and who are trying to conceive, that is what they'll consume a lot of. Mm. So as long as dairy isn't a problem for you, I absolutely say go for it. But just make sure you're using, you know, the real stuff, the whole fat stuff. This is not a time to try and be as skinny as possible. Um, And also, uh, so we've looked at, all right, so fiber. 
please. We want fiber from veggies with every single meal from, you know, your starchy tubers, your um, sweet potatoes, pumpkins, yams, all of those sorts of things in your fruit and veg. We need good quality protein from hopefully plant and animal sources and really good fats as well from the sources that we've talked about. Um, And I think one food group or one food that deserves its own special mention is eggs. So they're a complete protein all unto themselves. They are also a good source of good fats too. And they're really high in choline, which helps to prevent birth defects as well. And I always just think that if an egg contains everything that it needs to create life, essentially, then that's only going to be helping to, you know, promote a fertile state for a woman as well. So I always encourage women to be having a couple of eggs a day. Um, They can be having them for brekkie or snacks or something along those lines um, because they are such an amazing source of protein and other nutrients. Love that. And I think it's funny too, because you mentioned eggs. I remember years ago doing someone that's like, oh, look, all those foods that are so good for fertility, you know, they have kind of have seeds and yolks and, you know, like they were dates totally. and they were eggs and they were avocados. And I was just like, oh, now that you mentioned it, an avocado does kind of look like a pregnant woman, doesn't it? Like, you know. Oh, that's cute. Um, yeah. You know, it's just that idea that, um, you know, the things that can grow fertile seeds are the very things that we need for our own fertility. And that was a really um, kind of an interesting lesson. I was like, oh, that actually now that I come to think of it yeah the more you mention that the more i'll think about that and yeah true you know traditional societies will use peaches and nectarines and stone fruits as um as sort of like aphrodisiacs and um builders for the the new baby so um yeah i thought that was another trick to remember if you're thinking of something is you know is what you're eating enough to grow a seed then it'll probably be able to help grow a little human as well nature always knows best i love that Um, And ladies, if you are um, particularly overweight, and we know that, um, you know, uh, being overweight or obese is um, not necessarily conducive for fertility, even just moving that scale slightly closer to what might be an ideal weight for you. So even a 5% change in your body composition um, shows a massive increase in your fertility potential. Um, So I think that that's a really good thing. So even just the pursuit of um, just a slightly healthier body is going to help you. Um, you conceive anyway. Yeah, well, you and I both sat in that seminar that was teaching us well about some of the studies indicating that a mother who's on um, the pursuit of improved body mass um, is genetically wiring the fetus for a healthier body mass as well, which I thought was really interesting through epigenetic expression. So even if it's not for yourself specifically, you know, if you you do conceive while in the process of losing a small amount of body mass, if you have, um, you know, above threshold BMI actually helps to improve the body mass of your your child in the future. I thought that was quite um, spectacular. You know, you think, wow, you don't even imagine, you know, prior to conception that you're setting Mm -hmm. the the BMI for your child, which is, um, quite profound so i've i've definitely know i talk to women saying look even if it's just a small reduction a slight improvement in diet you could actually be rewiring you know the genetic potential of your child which is so so interesting yeah exactly and that's why we also don't want to be starving ourselves either because then you're switching on those famine genes remember like what we talked about in uh, in that metabolic set point episode okay but ladies, in summary, um, so what should we be eating if we're trying to conceive? Yes, you should be acting as if, okay? So making sure that you're – think about what you would be consuming while you're pregnant. So lots of really good quality vegetables. So you get your carbohydrates, your proteins, your fats with every single meal, um, plenty of fibers, lots of color 
in your veggies as well so that you're getting lots of, um, you know, different sources of nutrients. You're eating regularly. You're not skipping meals. Um, you're keeping your blood sugar levels really nice and balanced. You're obviously not going to be intermittent fasting or in a ketogenic state. And I think all of these are conducive for um, making good hormones and having good, healthy hormonal balance to conceive as well. Love that. Well, look, I think if we could all uh, take our little isolation period and tidy up the pantry and clear out the cupboards. I thought you were going to say take this time and get pregnant. Well, that too. But hey, let's just start with the, the you know, the, the cleaning up the body first. Because remember, we talk about fertility. It's not a process of um, what happens right now. It's what happens 100 days beforehand. So um, it's a great idea to, to now just consider, wow, I've got some time. Let's just, you know, clean up, have a spring clean of the, the pantry, of the fridge, get myself ready, you know, set up maybe a little plan, a bit of meal prepping, um, anything that's mm-hmm. going to kind of have the preparation start uh, that you want for the, the time you want to conceive. And at least if you're always prepared and ready, then guess what? <laughs> if it's time for conception, then it's a great opportunity to know that you've done everything you can to build the healthiest baby you can. All right. So ladies, on that note, we will we will leave you to it for another week. Um, so you have been listening to Wellness Women Radio. We are the Wellness Women, Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston. We are raising the bar for women's health. And until next week, be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.